Welcome everybody to episode number 23 357 podcast. We are back after a very eventful. I think it's been I think the last time we were here, um we were we were with Hardwood Trash Talk and we were talking about Gonzaga St. Mary's. I remember that was a game, a couple other ones. Seems like forever ago. It's really about a month, but a lot has happened, a lot a lot has happened. Um an exciting, an exciting march to some ways, and then some ways um, kind of came up a little bit short, and I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit later. But regardless, we had a tournament, first time in a couple years that the tournament's been, you know, back to normal ways, uh, you know, sites all over the country, not concentrated in one area, um, and, you know, full packed arenas. So that was really good to see. And we're going to make our way here, pretty much recapping everything from the first tip-off on Tuesday of the first four, all to our game tonight. We're filming this just right before tip-off to the North Carolina-Kansas game. And I think as much as we can before tip-off, which is coming in about 40, 45 minutes. So I'm not going to delay it any longer. We're just going to start off, just go back and forth, give our thoughts. I'm just going to pull the bracket up actually here. Just starting with the four games, moving all the way along to the championship tonight between UNC and Kansas. But how do we get there? We're going to start off with the first four games in Dayton. Um, games that weren't weren't uh, actually no. Uh, there are a couple of really good ones. Our game Rutgers obviously good, and the sixteen C ones were uh, solid games too. But uh, do you have any first thoughts? I'll swing it over. To Colin. Yeah. So for I was really focused on Indiana Wyoming obviously, and uh, Indiana kind of barely escaped that one. They was really close the whole game, and then they kind of got out at the end with the win, but a lot of it was thanks to Maldonado's double-double and turnovers. Maybe it was triple-double, double, but Wyoming had a hell of a lot of turnovers, and it helped Indiana, obviously, and I think the Mountain West was 0-4. Were they 0-4? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember if they were 4. So, yeah, Mountain West disappointed, but that was the first of their losses, but I was hoping it was going to be a good – game for indiana like i was trying to look on the bright side of the first four like oh they'll get a game early so they'll be ready for their first round game but it was like the complete opposite they came out and got smoked by saint mary's and uh i thought the wyoming game would help but maybe not but it was so fun to see indiana win um a tournament game and be in any sort of march madness game since 2016 so it's going in the right direction and then obviously Rutgers. Notre Dame was an exciting game, and I, I did want to see Rutgers win. I think most people did with Ron Harper and everything, but, um, I mean, it was St. Patrick's Day, so um, Notre Dame was going to win that one. And then the 16 uh, seed games, not much I could say about Texas Southern and Corpus Christi, but I did expect a little more from Bryant and Peter Kiss, but um, Tanner Holden had hell of a game, and – Big news from him transferring from Wright State to Ohio State too. So that's a big pickup. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll get into that. And today we'll definitely get into it in our next episode. The portal already blowing up a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, bigger name major side, even some big names in the high major side entering the portal. So I mean, I think there's already over a thousand names, which is crazy. Like a little off last year's numbers with so many guys using their COVID year, but still, still a huge increase from even where we were just a couple of years ago. Um, all right, so you covered the first pretty well. I don't have too many uh, 
too much else to say on that. So I'm just going to move right over to the round of 64 games. Before you get into the round of 64, do you want to like, since you went to the um, games in Buffalo, you want to kind of give a recap of just highlight those games. So the Buffalo game is really fun. Um, Obviously I, I went to school for about the first two hours or so that Thursday just like you know the energy as I was because I was left I left with a couple of my friends that were going to the games and just and that was the first time since um, a while since 2017 that, it, that they were in Buffalo so you know doesn't come around too often I'm really excited and got for the most part good games the first day especially was uh, really good it started off with Providence South Dakota State game I wanted to see South Dakota State win I was telling you know the, you know this is our time for where we can we do this podcast for a reason. We have receipts. Exactly. We've been talking about these teams for months. And I was spreading it classes to some of my teachers that will follow. South Dakota State, number one shooting team in the nation. They're the team that's going to upset the Providence so up and down. And they should have had it, kind of. I They were uh, they were up by three. Providence was up by three. And Bynum got fouled on me, which he kind of stuck his foot out. It was a borderline call. I didn't agree with it, but it wasn't like, especially compared to some of the things we saw later in the tournament, uh, wasn't the worst thing in the world, but, uh, Ironman tried, especially, uh, they had a big man too. I'm forgetting his name now, but he was, he, he played well for them. It surprised me almost knocked off Providence. Couldn't do it. Uh, but then Richmond, Richmond, Iowa, a really good game. And actually the something that was kind of hard to see on the broadcast, but the Richmond student, uh, not student, the, their section, their fan section, the biggest outside of Providence uh, all night. Um, their fans showed up, which definitely yeah. surprised me. They had a lot of a lot of fans, um, and you know, made the drive up for a good reason. Keegan Murray never really got going. Bohannon never really got. I was whole offense never really got going. No. And, uh, Jacob Gilliard had a great first game for uh, for Richmond. All over the place, quick hands. You know, playing at his best. They had some great assists. Um, I found out I hadn't watched much of Richmond this year, find out how many back cuts they run and when they work and they were working a lot against Iowa. It was, it was fun. Yeah. They were getting to the rim and they were getting fouled at the end a lot. They had a bunch of ones. Yep. And the crowd got into it. Crowd was behind them. Um, so that was good to see end up getting the upset. So then one of the nightcap, uh, UConn, New Mexico state. I mean, Teddy Allen, Allen, uh, kind of took over that game. That, that was fun to watch. He, I, I knew he was he was a bucket, and but I, I don't think I don't think I ever made him the mid major player of the week. But I think he was a guy that I threw around a couple. Weeks. Yeah, he a little bit out there, um, but he showed up and he he played hard. I mean, he, he was on Nebraska the year before. Nebraska's leading scorer, like well, the best on the team, decides to transfer to Mexico State, gets him a win in the tournament. He was taken over at some points. So that was fun to watch. Uh, Vermont almost had it against Arkansas. Um, I was rooting for Vermont, even though actually no, I did have them in my in my brackets. I was rooting for Vermont, um, but they were not allowed. Almost did at the end, made it close, but Arkansas won, started their run. Uh, the round games a little more disappointing. Um, yeah. That a packed arena Saturday. I came in excited from. I actually I wore my Richmond shirt. I have a Richmond shirt. Uh, I was excited to represent them. And they just come out and they just and maybe it was because I wore the shirt because their offense never got going. Gilliard, um, 
especially it didn't help. They were playing Providence. I was sitting next to some Providence fans, or they were going at it. Uh, you know, they were kind of poking fun at me. It wasn't wasn't great to see. By let's see here, they lost by twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough. And then the next game was a little closer, but it wasn't that much better because neither offense ever got going between New Mexico State and Arkansas. Arkansas pulled it out by five. I mean, at least it was close. I'll take that, especially um, after the close games we had on Thursday. But, you know, it wasn't the most exciting, exciting, you know, most offense-filled game to watch. But all in all, I love, I mean, you know, being there for all, all these games is great. Always is. You know, a lot of fans. Um Almost sold out, which for for us is kind of you know good enough. So definitely a fun experience. Is glad to be there. Yeah, for sure. Six games. All right, so on to the rest of the rest of the first round. Unless you want to hop on, do you have anything else you want to say for any of those games? Um, I mean, for the first round, just especially the first day, UConn losing and Kentucky losing, which. I didn't. I don't know how far I had him in the bracket we did here. I don't really remember, but I know that I did one with my family, and I had UConn, Kentucky in the final four on the left side. So, and I had Kentucky winning. So I had my champion and two final four picks out the first day, and I mean those were just rough. The I mean I grew to like St. Peter's. At first I was just kind of like, what the hell? They just ruined my bracket, and they're probably gonna lose to Murray State. But I mean. It was way better than that once they started winning more, but uh, it was just frustrating the first day. Just some like just random upsets, but then there were also games that were uh, and the St. Mary's just destroying Indiana also stuck to watch. There are other games that were really fun, like Creighton, San Diego State, which I didn't really expect to be as good as it was. Um, Illinois, Chattanooga. So there was a lot of games that were a lot better than expected that I kind of overlooked. Yep. Uh, first day was fun. Second day, second day didn't, didn't really meet my, it was, it was, it was a little off pretty much yeah. all the higher seeds won and the lower seeds that did win teams like Iowa state over LSU or Miami. Was, yeah. Miami over the, then all the upsets almost happened. Didn't happen. Like you said, Richmond, Illinois, Richmond led almost the whole way. They should have made it out. Colgate, Wisconsin was close, at least for the first half, for the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Bonnie Davis and uh, Brad Davison, they kind of took over. Um, let's see. There were a couple. UAB, UAB kind of kept it close with Houston before Houston ended up pulling away. They were in it the whole time. Like, they never – they were – at least in the second half, they were just consistently down 10, and they kept scoring, but he, they couldn't stop Houston. Houston just kept scoring too, so it was just a 10-point margin that was never – closed and then i mean they just at the end they just couldn't do anything because houston's kept scoring and they couldn't play defense but they they didn't get destroyed so yeah the thing jelly walker never really never really got no he just had like a normal game yeah um yeah chat malachi smith good look at the end yeah Uh, that sucked i thought chattanooga was gonna have that one yeah Um, you throw their luck in that um Game against Furman. Yeah. Yeah, must have used it up. Yeah. Uh, also, Michigan State-Davidson. Game I was really rooting for Davidson. Uh, they almost had it again. And, uh, I, I don't even forget how, I forget how that one ended. I think they kind of kept it close with like a couple free throws. But 
Michigan State pulled it out. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, still a really exciting first day set up set up the tournament, and then I don't know, second day was a little more underwhelming. So that, that was kind of my takeaway from the first round. Uh, all right, moving to the second round, the round of thirty-two. Uh, another, I mean, you know, some good games, some blowouts, some we've already mentioned, like uh, Providence, Richmond, Auburn. We've been up and down on them all year. Um, yeah, kind of came out and laid an egg against Miami. Yeah, that was pathetic. That I, I wasn't picking Auburn far in the tournament anyway. Like, I think the farthest I had them in one bracket was the final four, but generally I had them out earlier, at least in the Sweet 16 or around there. But I mean, I didn't think it was going to be to Miami. I was thinking it was going to be to USC or Wisconsin. I didn't really have Miami going as far. I know you did, which um, which is cool because Miami did end up going far. They just um, lost to Kansas, but that was still just miserable game for Auburn after that season. Yeah. And there's some, some good games mixed with some interesting ones. Iowa State-Wisconsin was a rough one to watch, another the offensive end. Yeah, that was pathetic. Um, yeah, Kansas Creighton was fun. They had the end of that one out as I walked in for the Saturday games. Um, I was rooting for Creighton. I was hoping they could get the upset. Columa, if, if they all come back, and we said, I know, I know, we said this earlier. Creighton's got a good young core. If they all come back, I, I don't, I don't think they will. I don't. I mean, it would be fun for them, but I doubt it. With just the how the transfer portal is going so far, and we're not even over yet, I doubt most of them stay together. I think so. Who do you think? I mean, because what? It's Kaluma Nempard. I know O'Connell's gone, but they have they have Cockbrenner. I don't know. I mean, if if they, I, I guess yeah, I, they stay together. You know. Yeah, it would definitely be a like Big East contender. Yeah, for the Big East title. And another game from the second round too. How do you feel about the ending of um, Arizona and TCU? Man, I was I was rooting for. I mean. It, like a foul to me on Mike Miles. Yeah. Like a foul. I think I'm on TCU's side for that, but I did want Arizona to win. I was rooting for Arizona, but I was really like, this is pretty bad official. Pretty like, uh, definitely questionable. It was bad. Yeah. Like the whole game was kind of like back and forth. It was just like, especially at the end was a little bad, but that ending, it was like, okay, this is definitely in favor of Arizona. Yeah. Um, thank, thank God he didn't. He went for the dunk instead of uh, instead of a layup. Yeah, that would have sucked if they won like that. Yeah. So they, I mean, I guess they had their chance in OT, but Benedict Catherine took over at yeah. overtime. Um, kind of used it all up. Didn't have anything for the round after, but in the moment, it was a, it was a really good performance from him. They definitely definitely solidified his draft stock. I'd say. Yeah, I think um, we have to give a shout out to. Um... Noah or Hardwood Trash Talk because he was big on Houston when he came on. And after the, like, obviously when they lost um, their two best scorers and how they had the two bad, not bad, but they just started, lost a few games in the American, they were really being questioned. And I mean, they, I wouldn't, I would say they overperformed for their expectations. They got to the Elite Eight and two years in a row too is pretty impressive. Yeah, Kelvin Sampson. I've, we've, I've uh, you know, always a couple he thinks is good, and then when the time gets around, it's like you, you forget about him, even yeah. though you say he's good all year. Yeah, I feel like that, that's kind of the guy he is. And you're like, oh yeah, Kelvin Sampson. He he can pretty much coach any any team. 
they were without the top two scores. I mean, I think we could talk about a coach, another coach who lost in the Elite Eight, who's getting not hate, but he's just now is kind of being questioned. Is he overrated? Uh, Mark Few with friggin' Zaga. Because he's not really, obviously last year they got to the big game, they got to finals, but they got blown out, were never in the game, lost by 20 to Baylor. And this year they, sure, they got to the Elite Eight in, uh, or the, yeah, Sweet 16, my bad. They just fell short against Arkansas at the end. So, like, I don't know. What do you think about Gonzaga? I I don't know. This This is such a tough topic. Yeah, for me, especially, you know, being a fan of mid-major basketball and all, and of course that Twitter, Twitter comment section was a cesspool after after that loss that night. Um, a lot of people going after, but I mean, I, yeah, there's something to be said about about Gonzaga. It's, I, I I think it is on few at this point more than the team. Yeah, uh, coaching struggles. Uh, it's sorry, I don't remember much from that game anymore. I know that I know the guards. I mean. And questionable fouls on him, but at that point you can't blame the officiating when there's you're supposed to talent gap like that. Yeah, the guard um, play was definitely questionable, but I mean, a lot of the year I've thought Timmy's been lacking. Or and before the the game, I know we were saying how we were looking at the games that Arkansas or Gonzaga was going to have to play and the big men that Timmy was going to have to face on Memphis, Arkansas, maybe UConn, and how it was going to be a struggle because he's not performed well this year, but he actually did pretty well, especially in the game against Arkansas. So it's like even more of a reason to look at Mark few, just kind of being out coached too, especially from um, Arkansas Musselman's getting uh, a lot more hype was the farthest sec team in the tournament uh, made the elite eight last year too. Right. Yeah. And three McDonald's all Americans too for next year. Yeah, they have a top three recruiting class as of right now. And uh, I saw Heath. Oh, yeah, you go. You go first. Yeah, I was just like, out of all the SEC teams, at least going into the tournament between Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, and Arkansas, I mean, generally, they would have been picked to go the to not go the farthest. I mean, most people had Kentucky Final Four championship. Tennessee was hot, so everyone was big on them. And then Auburn has been dominant all year and they were in what looks like an easier quadrant of the bracket and Arkansas was going to have to play UConn and then Gonzaga. So there was like, no one had them that far, but I mean, got to give it to, give it up to Musselman and Jalen Williams who played really well. And then Note too, and just the team in general. Yeah. And yeah, this is, this, this was the window. I feel like this was the best possible window for Gonzaga to get that title. Um, and yet, Notes, Notes, his quick guard play hurt him. Nempard had a really bad game. Um, Strother never really got going either. Amude kind of held him in check. Um, it was just, yeah, they got outplayed. They got outcoached. Um, is, it a, is it a reflection? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going mean, to – I've talked a lot about it before, so I'm not going to rant about it again. But I, it's not a reflection on their conference. At least I also – I mean, a lot of people compared it. A lot of people on Gonzaga's side compared it to St. Peter's, being like, "Oh, it was I mean, the MAC is a lot worse than the West Coast Conference." And yeah. That's not a good comparison. That's a one-off. One-offs happen every year. I mean, you look at Houston. Houston's a better comparison because Houston made it to the Elite Eight, 
playing in a down in a very down year for the American. Uh, the American had one, one other uh, tournament team and then a couple NIT teams. And Houston still managed to make the Elite Eight, even though they really weren't tested for much of the year. So uh, I think that's a better comparison for Gonzaga and Houston still Final Four Elite Eight this year. Yeah. They've still been consistent. Gonzaga still has, I mean, what, the most tournament wins over the past five, six years. Yeah, something like some that. It has been luck and playing lower seeds, but you still have to beat the, you know, the people in front of you, and they've yeah. got to do that. Um, you know, beating a, a few good teams in the process. So, uh, yeah, but back to the main question, they, they got outcoached, they got outplayed. And, I mean, props to Eric Musselman. I saw Heat Check CBB already posting their way too early rankings for <laughs> next year, which <laughs> – that is that is way too early, and they have Arkansas number one uh, in their way too early top twenty-five. Considering that uh, they had they have projected Davis and Williams coming back plus those three All American, they're going to be an interest. They're going to be you know, yeah. I would have them in my top five for sure. Yeah, um, Musselman's got something building there. Yeah, uh, I mean it's huge for them. Elite Eight. I was disappointed in the Elite Eight because. After watching the Duke Texas Tech game, where I had Texas Tech, and I think you did too, I really was feeling like it was fixed at that point for Duke when they beat Texas Tech because there were just so many. Just I don't know. I I think the calls, like the foul totals at the end, were pretty close. But just I just remember watching Paolo Bancaro get um, an and one, and no one touched him, and I was just convinced that it was fixed and then I watched them play Arkansas and they looked unstoppable and I was like there's no way they're not winning this and then now I owe an apology because all year I've been absolutely just like ripping apart North Carolina and just giving them all that so much hate and calling them overrated which I still think they were at the time but but I mean, they've proved me wrong, and yeah, I owe them an owe them an apology. the The team, the fans, anyone, I hardwood trash talk. Yeah, I really slept on North Carolina. No, I think yeah, a lot of people owe them an apology, and we we just didn't realize this is a completely different team since that Duke game, and we didn't think the momentum would carry carry over this far. Should have beat Baylor by a lot more. That game went into OT. They, yeah. They were really like night and day between the team they were after, after that pit loss. I mean, for what, January, February, we were looking at them as a bubble team uh, doing our bracketology segments. Yeah. We were just debating whether they should be in. Uh, and they had that like win over Duke, and then they just won their, like, necessary games, and they got themselves to an eight seed. But, I mean, yeah, props to them. I mean – they're looking to complete the Cinderella story, be the second eight seed to to win a tournament since Villanova in the 80s. So this would be huge uh, for March Madness and especially for them and Hubert Davis's first year. But, I mean, when you look at their road to the finals, I don't want to – I'm still going to give them credit because they've beaten Baylor uh, and Duke, which are huge games. But they did have Marquette, which is – I think they were a little overseeded. I mean, obviously now looking back at the game, seeing how much of a blowout it was, it makes you think that. And then um, they had to play St. Peter's and then UCLA too, which I just feel like were off games for both of those teams. I feel like I feel bad for UCLA because I feel like Hami Hawkins was doing everything he could. 
and the rest of the team just didn't really show up. Yeah, I agree, agree. Uh, and should we just go right to the championship now? Is there any anything yeah. else? I don't really have much else from. Yeah, the Final Four was a little, I mean, obviously UNC beat Duke. Yeah. But, but still, like, there's not, there's not too much um, to be, like, to say that hasn't been said already. Because the Villanova-Kansas game was pretty underwhelming. And, yeah, UNC Duke, Caleb Love, bad man. I mean, hitting, yeah, the threes, sending Coach K to the grave. Pretty much, pretty much. All right. So the preview tonight, I think we're we're gonna give our predictions for this game. Um, eventually, I'll get the final scores up with scooting our conference tournament. With uh, but speaking of which, real quick, I want to touch on the conference tournament challenge because it feels like so long ago. I saw hot. Uh, you and Bones were below. I was third after day two. Yeah. I followed the Instagram. I was like on top of. Then I just crashed. I within like two days, I was right down there, right around with you guys. I think. We all ended up, uh, I think there were like around 900 entries to the Reddit conference tournament challenge. We picked the game. I think we all finished around like the like late 400s. I think we were like somewhere between 450 and 500, all three of us. So we were pretty consistent. Um, you know, right towards the middle isn't the worst thing in the world. I think you ended up being, being the best score. Um, I, 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 I wasn't that. It was either you or Bones. But we were all kind of in the same area of finishing. So... Um, I'll tell you things, figure out where that stands. But I think for tonight, we're going to make our predictions, the team and our final score prediction. It won't matter in points, but just the prediction of the final score as well as the team we have. So, um, yeah, I'll look up over under too, so we can just add that in. Just okay. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I'll start off with bones uh, as you get up. I'll wait to say it until we get the over under up here so I can okay. say over under. On ESPN is 151 total. 151. Okay. So Bones had and Kansas is minus four, right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. All right. So Bones has Kansas. He has Kansas covering the spread by a lot. Um, Bones, <laughs> Bones is going to be a wash from the start. Final score, Kansas 86, North Carolina 53. So he has a big win for Kansas. He's going to be under. Go get mine out of the way. I think uh, you, just, you lagged for a second. What'd you say? Okay. Uh, yeah. So just taking Kansas by a lot. I'll I'll, I'll go next. I'll uh, do mine real quick. I think this is going to be a tightly contested game for the most part. I just I went on North Carolina at first, like so many people were. I had Marquette over them. I had Baylor over them. I had UCLA over them. Then I saw I switched it. I had them over St. Peter's. I took them over Duke. But Kansas plays a lot differently than Duke, um, at least I feel like. And I think North Carolina, the edge in the backcourt with Love and Davis. But, I mean, hey, I go back to the Christmas episode. that Kansas goes as far as David McCormick goes. Yeah, and, he had a great um, game on yeah. against Villanova. We got some stuff wrong, but we were spot on with that. And he is he is going off in March Madness, and that's what's – I argue that's, you know, the main reason they're, they've been going this far. He's been the X factor for him. Uh, game against Nova and he's been playing better than Mark Williams has and we saw I mean obviously they're not going to stop a cop his rebounds and points 
but Williams had the edge in that first half, and McCormick's been playing. So I think that'll be the big difference for Kansas. Wilson and Igbaji play different than Bankero and Griffin do, and I think they match up better with uh, uh, Manic and Lack. I think it's going to be tougher for UNC to guard them. Like I said before, UNC does have the in the backcourt, but Kansas has been playing. They've been playing well. I think they continue that. I have Kansas a final score of 77-69. So I th- I'm taking the under of Kansas minus four. I think Kansas wins by eight. So that's, that's my prediction. So yeah. UNC is really testing me because I've doubted them so like pretty much all year. In the tournament, I had them over Marquette. I had them. I didn't have them beating Baylor, but um, or UCLA, but I did have them beating St. Peter's, and I had Duke winning uh, the UNC game. Like just kind of like in my head, I didn't pick, like pick that perfectly at all. But yeah, same with me. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah, busted. And uh, it's tempting to pick UNC, but if you remember when I when we did these brackets here, my my winner was Kansas. I picked Kansas to win, so they're still alive. So I going to go with them and I'm going to go with a uh, smaller final score, or I guess a less um, final score. I'm going to go with 68 to 59 for Kansas. So I'm also going with the under. Yeah. 151 seems high. I don't know. I know know North Carolina plays fast, but Kansas they they control the pace well. I feel like and that's like seventy five to six seventy six, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I can see it getting there, but I, I don't. I, I think Kansas. Okay. Well, um, all right. So all three, Kansas. I mean, that's as close to a lock you're going to get on here. We all have with the spread. We all have Kansas straight up. We all have the under. So, I mean, hopefully we call it. Hopefully we get it right. Yeah. Uh, that was a recap. I think we got about ten minutes. Left, so we're gonna fly through just real quick. Uh, I don't know. You wanna you wanna do transfer portal stuff? Or you wanna do changes? Because there's big there's big news on both sides. Um, transfer portal, or what'd you say? Coaching change, coaching carousel. I mean, we can go through real quick. I was gonna just say, uh, I guess we can start off with the transfer portal. That every single one of LSU's players is either declared for the draft, freshman that decommitted because of coaching changes, um, or other reasons, and eleven players already into the transfer portal. And this was within a week, I'm pretty sure. Crazy. It's crazy. Um, Murray State's in a similar situation with their players, but it's not every single player. Which sucks to see for Murray State because they've built that team up. And they got Steve Prohm now, who used to coach for them. Didn't Did okay at Iowa State. Obviously ended pretty badly with that awful season. But he's back at the place that he – uh, built up before. Hopefully, he can get used sort of well. Rooting for Murray State, always root for the mid major, hoping they can, uh, hoping they can get some guys in the portal. Um, yeah, obviously LSU and that program's got to get hit with some some big sanctions for what Will Wade did. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough for Matt McMahon to get that off. You see here another. I'm looking at a, a useful tool. For anybody listening, if you want to look at transfer portal stuff, uh, Evan Maya, I hope he's out pronounced his name, .com. He, all the transfers ranked, and he also has them uh, kind of like ranking like you would recruits. Uh, their star level. He's got two stars, three stars, four stars. Right now he's got, based on his algorithm, 24 five-star transfers 
Oh, obviously, I'm not going to go into all of them, but just going down the list here, Taryn Shannon, Texas Tech, that's a name a lot of Blue Bloods want. I played great for Texas Tech in that Sweet 16 run. He's the number one transfer available right now, obviously, according to the website. Um, LSU, four guys, five guys in the top 12. So, I mean, they got a bunch of guys leaving, and they got, you know, people lined up for them. Between Eric Gain, Wani Wilkinson, Brandon Murray, Adam Miller, and Xavier Pinson. Um, that's some big names. Curbelo, big one. Not super shocked. He was one of the names that, you know, with him getting less playing time uh, uh, over the end of the year, it, I wasn't super shocked like some people were when he entered the portal. And a lot of people think he's going to go to St. John's. Um, I could definitely see that happening. I think he's from uh, kind of kind of from that, that area, New York City. Definitely be a big get for them. Uh, K.J. Williams, Murray State, he's going to go to a good team to make a big impact. Will Richard, Belmont, freshman, and he transferred. Uh, he'll be a good get for somebody. Courtney Ramey, Texas. This guy, I mean, this guy that just averaged like double yeah. digits. Good Texas team. He's gone. Surprise Fardos um, is all the way at 24. Yeah, yeah. He's he's good, and he's going to make a big impact for a team. Yeah, I'm surprised. I would have him probably top 15, maybe top 10. Yeah. Like Joe Toussaint's really high too for Iowa. I don't think he was that good. Yeah. Um, Janai Broom, name that just entered a few hours ago. That's a big name. It's like that was the one mid major guy that I was like, yeah, he's entering the portal. Kind of like Wendell Green last year at another Ohio Valley school. He's yeah. a guy that I think is going to turn out like Wendell Green, where he trained to a good basketball school. And he's going to be good for them. Obviously, not as good as Moorhead State. I think he'd be up and down. He kind of has – he's a really good player, but so was one of the Ohio Valley player of the year or was a defensive yeah, I, I player? Know. I think he won Ohio Valley. I'm pretty sure it might have been defensive player of the year. Yeah. No, he's – and, I mean, if that Murray State game in the Ohio Valley title took over, did pretty much everything he could to almost get them to the, to the tournament, back to the tournament. Um, other than that, I'm Basile and Holden for Wright State tough for right state it's killing a few mid-majors hopefully it doesn't get too much worse for them but Jordan, uh, right state did not you know not good for them murray yeah. state lost a lot of guys obviously with mcmahon leaving so did ohio, ohio yeah the sears and vanderplas yeah those are huge losses yeah that's and their coach hasn't even left yet i know he's been he's thrown around for a couple names but he hasn't left so that's that i mean it always sucks to see i mean i get it if mid-major good mid-major players transfer up because the coach left, or if they're a grad transfer. I mean, I'm fine with both of those, but I always hate it when, when you're like a freshman and your coach is still there. You transfer. You gotta be, you gotta show some loyalty. Yeah. I think like another one that could go the opposite way. Um, Tyree Appleby from Florida. I think he could potentially go down to a mid-major and make an impact. Yeah, that'd be big. If the, if the mid-major gets down that be huge um yeah i mean and i would say my top three i would go number one nigel pack number two terrence shannon and number three kj williams yeah yeah i'd, I'd probably have some maybe i throw in uh i don't know a mock or or uh, will richard or somebody like that but yeah 
those those three are all up there. Norchad Omier, uh, the website is at number two. Really good center. He'll he'll be a great get for a team. Um, yeah, I, that I think that's about. I've pretty much covered all the big names. I I don't even. I mean, it's hard to say where we're at with the portal because it's hard to say entering after the season's over. I mean, there's a good possibility we have a lot more. I'm kind of breaking myself for there to be a lot more. But we'll see. I mean, last year was was a weird year with so many guys using their COVID year. So we'll see kind of how that shakes out. It's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting, you know, interesting thing to see for sure. Um, all right, we got a few minutes left. No random shit report anymore now that we're in the offseason. We'll pro- maybe we'll bring it back occasionally if something weird happens in the offseason. But if it happens... March Madness. It's not really random. Everybody's hearing about it. So yeah. Um, there's that. I mean, you want to cover coaching changes real quick? Yeah. Um, I mean, the big one, Shaheen Holloway. Yeah. Back to his yeah. alma mater. That was really cool to see. Yeah, and that was pretty much. I mean, that was kind of set in stone. Yeah, it was like a lock right when he got to the Elite Eight, and then, but yeah, that's good. Happy for him too. Yeah. And that's that's not one I'll ever hate on because that's literally like. Even if they don't beat Kentucky, eventually, if they have good seasons, he's going to his, his alma mater. You yeah, know. it's like it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Butler getting Thad Mata back. That one just happened yesterday. Interesting yeah. hire. I mean, I, I guess he left Ohio State because um, of health issues, but if he's still healthy, if he's you know ready to coach again, had some really good years with Ohio State. Um, yeah, he was just at Indiana, too, as an assistant uh, athletic director, so – um, yeah, I just didn't think he was going to go back to head to coaching, but it's a, I think it's a good hire as long as he's, I guess, healthy, which sounds dumb, but yeah, I think it's a good hire. Yeah. How do you feel about um, Archie? Archie heading back in, heading and tending to a mid-major spot. He's Rhode Island. In the to Rhode Island to play against Dayton. Uh, yeah. Do you think, because I know I, you, your family closely follows Dayton. You saw him there. You saw him in Indiana. Yeah. Back, you know what? What do you what do you have with Dayton at Rhode Island? I don't. This will be kind of a test to see if it was like, was it really him coaching at Dayton, or was it kind of like a almost luck, and he just had a good run? Because at Indiana, he maybe he's just meant for smaller schools. Maybe the pressure, especially of Indiana, pretty much putting all the pressure, like we need you to revive our program, kind of pressure on him. And um, I don't know. I. I, I do I like the move honestly. I like him going back to mid-major school, the eight, especially the A ten where he thrived um, for years at Dayton. Uh, but I mean, it's going to be weird for to see him against Dayton. Yeah, no, for sure. and then Sean Miller too. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how he how he turns Xavier. Just coming off an NIT championship, they look good. I mean, yeah. what I saw the NIT, so definitely getting some talent there. I mean, I okay. hope. Most people stay from – oh, sorry. I was just – real quick, with Dayton, they have a – they were the youngest in Kempom. They were the youngest team. And they were at – at least at the end of the year, they were generally in the top 50, 70-ish in Kempom. So, I mean, I know they have lost a few guys, at least one or two to the transfer, at least just putting their name in. But if they could keep that team together, especially Holmes, then that's really scary for the A-10. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, couple more. Mike White, Florida to Georgia, very interesting one. I mean, yeah. he sensed the seat was getting hot. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it's not an awful, definitely an interesting move, but you know, I like it. getting out before, but like it gets bad. 
Yeah. Uh, and one last one for unless you had any more you wanted to get to. Uh, Todd Golden, San Francisco to Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, very interesting move to replace. I don't, I, I don't, I don't love that one. Yeah. I don't know. He, uh, the San Francisco team was good, but they never really had a good win. No, and I feel like the West Coast play in general is almost the exact opposite of the SEC. But, I mean, we'll, have to, we'll just have to see. Because Florida's program, I wouldn't say, is going in the right direction right now. It's kind of just plateauing or heading down. We'll just have to see how he changes the trajectory of the program. Yeah, and Applebee transferring just now is definitely design. Yeah, yeah. That case. All right, so I, I think we timed this perfectly. We're at 9-16, just a minutes till tip off um y'all don't forget we all have kansas spread i'll have the money line all so that's our little uh, betting advice betting tips so that should be it for this episode try to be back next week real quick our off-season schedule planning on being one episode every other week uh we'll try to mix in you know maybe an interview here or there but pretty much an uh, episode every other week slowing down like the you know with the college basketball offseason and I, we might have some interesting off-season episodes. Some will be news-related, and I think some will kind of, yeah, some interesting series that we might think of randomly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little some stuff that's outside the box. But until then, everybody enjoy the championship. You probably already watched it at this point, but um, yeah, enjoy that, and we'll be back next week.